0: I want to explain something, okay, about handcrafted artisan spirits. Yes, sir. Okay. the the thing The thing about uh, we've heard of craft beer, okay. Well, what we have is craft bourbon, Ho Town Distilling Company. The thing about craft bourbon is a lot of these, and I'm doing air quotes, craft <laughs> bourbon places will just buy bourbon and kind of resell it with their label on it. Right. Okay. a bunch. So, so how do you know if you're drinking true true craft bourbon? Okay. There there's a there's a line here on the bottle of Hochtown Distilling. This is I'm holding the small batch select, which is, you know, in between a single barrel and a small batch. This is the, the good the good small batches. Go to this. And what you'll see here is it says distilled, aged, and bottled by Hochitown Distilling. If it doesn't say distilled, aged, and bottled by wherever you're drinking, they didn't make it. Someone no, else did. They bananas. bottled it. Right. They, bottled. Exactly. they bought it and bottled it. So, quality. Yeah.
1: But boom, we got the Hochitown Distilling Company, Mountain Fort Brewery. That's what's up.
2: Thank these guys for letting us use the speakeasy for the... Yes, location. and the bourbon that and comes the
1: bourbon. with the speakeasy usage. The
0: small batch select. Thank you for that.
1: Laura Lindley, attorney at law on the square, downtown Dequeen. Specializing in child custody cases, divorce, probates, wills, deeds guardianship, and estate planning. Laura Lindley is licensed to practice law in Arkansas and Oklahoma. For an appointment, call 870-642-4462. That's 642-4462. Hablamos Español. Laura Lindley, attorney at law on the square in downtown Dequeen. Keller Williams is a sponsor of Hosting Hochatown. Town. We love it. Tell us a little bit about the office and how people can get in touch with you. Let's say they listen to this podcast and they are interested in investing or more.
2: So we're located in the heart of Hochatown, north from Broken Bow, about 11 miles on the west side of Highway 259 in a strip mall. Our location is 8885 Highway 259. Our phone number is uh, office phone number is 580-494-3466, but you can find all of us on Google. We have our personal websites, and we're ready to rock and roll. Our office hours are as long as we need to go.
1: <laughs> I love that. And open when you need them. Yes. I love it. You'll okay. see
2: some hours on Google when you check our business, but we're really available most of the time.
1: I'm Jay Wesley Lindley, hosting Ho-Chu Town with Shiloh Brock Martin. Please
2: introduce yourself. Josh Burkeen, candidate for United States Congress.
1: And Josh, welcome. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time right before your event here at Abednego's. A big shout out to Chad for allowing us to uh, record here.
2: Yes. This Thank is, you. Thank you, Chad.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, start off uh, your, your background. Where, where, where'd you get your humble start?
2: Okay. So I'm from Olney, which is in Cole County. Uh, I kind of grew up in a uh, my last name, Burkine, years ago, all the people who have known uh, the Burkine John Deere dealership in Atoka, I grew up in a family business over there, uh, I grew up ranching, cowboying, I, I, I grew up with a father who trained cutting horses. Um, I became state, uh, state FFA president in 1998 as an ag kiddo. Um, went on uh, years later after a year at Southeastern in Durant, went on to uh, go to school at Oklahoma State University where I majored in ag and um, animal science. Came home, trained cutting horses for, uh, oh, a couple of years uh, in the morning and, and rode a dozer in the afternoon to pay for the habit of training cutting horses as a non-pro. Uh, and then uh, soon after that, I went to work for Tom Coburn. He needed somebody that was ag-savvy, agricultural savvy, and I went to work for him, and he needed somebody from southeast Oklahoma. I spent six years being uh, politically mentored by Tom Coburn, uh, known as Dr. No in Washington, D.C., and uh, some of your audience may remember me as a young man that's 15, 20 years ago, uh, covering Southeast Oklahoma, being a, a spokesman and also a listening ear for Dr. Coburn. And um, I left his staff, 2010, prayerfully felt led to, to run as a Republican. I became the first Republican ever elected to the state Senate, Wow! Uh, Beat an eight-year incumbent Democrat. Um, and um, we'd never had a Republican in Southeast Oklahoma prior to that. I was a, uh, I committed to to uh, do four things. I said, I'll uh, cut my own salary, because at that time, the legislature was the third highest paid part-time legislature in the nation. Wow. And I said, I'll cut my own salary every year, I'll, I'll, and I'll make a donation to, to make the average what Oklahomans make. I'll cut my own pension because also at that time uh, state legislators had a sweetheart deal; they had a pension that was uh, twice the multiplier of state employees. I said I'll cut my own salary, I'll cut my own pension. I kept both those promises. I worked to end with Mike Mazey. Mike Mazey authored it. I co-authored it. The the fix to that so that state lawmakers didn't get a better deal than average state employees. And the other two promises I made was I'll go up there and I'll serve eight years and I'll come home. I won't stay the full time. I'll be self term limited. And so I kept that that word. Came home in 2018. Um, the other element, the fourth promise I made was I'll go up there and be a true conservative. I won't go to just go up there and be a campaign conservative and say the right thing on the campaign. I'll go up there, and I left with one of the most uh, conservative voting records of anybody that served in the Oklahoma State Senate. I was one of only four in 2018 that refused to, to raise taxes consistently, saying um, there was a better way. Uh, to pay for the needs of state government by, by truly going after waste, fraud, and abuse, not just giving meaningless lip service to that concept. So many people run and just say, waste, fraud, and abuse. I right. had three bills in 2018 that passed into the full House, the full Senate, that would have uh, put $225 million on the table. Three bills that passed the full House, full Senate. And uh, I had my own party leadership punish me because I wouldn't go the way they wanted to in raising taxes and take one of those bills away from me. Um, I learned then even waste has a constituency. Oh, man. <laughs> Even waste as a constituent. Most people love to talk about good government, but when push comes to show, when the lobbyist comes around promising campaign cash for the next election cycle, most people cave. Um, and then I came home, started a dirt works, construction, uh, trucking, small business. That's where I've been for the last four years. And my wife and I, a few months ago when Mark Wayne Mullen decided he wasn't going to run again, my wife... And I began to talk, I began to pray about it. And my wife, uh, for two months, was very hesitant. <laughs> and then about two days before filing, my wife said, uh, i get in peace about this prayerfully. And, and then the last day of filing, my wife said, we need to, we need to do this. So so um, nice. we're in um, three weeks before the election. it's a 14-way primary, a lot of people in the race. But I, one of my pitches is, if you like Tom Coburn, you're gonna like me a lot. I'm endorsed by Tom Coburn's wife of 50 years. Um, and uh, I'm endorsed by Jim Bridenstine, who Trump put over NASA. Jim Bridenstine went and became part of the Freedom Caucus. He didn't play the game in D.C. And so if, if, if your audience lacks true conservative ideology and somebody's not going to go to D.C. and play the game, uh, that's our candidacy.
1: Wow. Well, let's talk about right here at home in uh, uh, Hocha Town or McCurtain County specifically. When it comes to tourism, what do you see uh, for this area, both now, how, do, how, how does it look to you, and what do you see in the future?
2: So when I was working for Dr. Coburn's 15, 20 years ago, some people remember me um, down here because I was Dr. Coburn's uh, voice trying to stop the road closures. Uh, in fact, I'll never forget uh, Jimmy uh, West, uh, County Commissioner at the time, Johnny, Jimmy Westbelt and I, um, uh, taking chainsaws and going to look at the county roads. The National Forest Service was trying to close all those roads back in 2007, 2008, and I was... Uh, I actually made a trip to D.C. Uh, trying to stand up against the National Forest Service, trying to close roads for the environmentalist extremism of wanting to protect the habitat of the brown mice. Uh, I'm telling you the truth. Wow. I was in the meeting in Washington, D.C. with Tom Coburn and the National Forest Service wanting to close roads, and uh, we were advocating for common sense, and some of your audience may remember that. Uh, and so I remember the days of 800 cabins in, in, in this community. In my understanding, you're almost uh, at least two, almost three times that number now. Yeah. So yeah. I know the value of tourism. I know what the, the draw is. I know the, the little jewel, um, a, a mini Branson yeah. <laughs> <type> atmosphere. <laughs> so uh, very familiar. I, there's a lot of people that will remember uh, me from 15, 20 years ago coming down here. And, and we worked hard to try to bring common sense and make sure the federal government was a friend, not a foe. Well, you talked about
1: Cole County. Mm-hmm. Uh, that area uh, has seen growth as well in the tourism sector. And I imagine some of your constituents in that area have been making the trek to Hocha Town to visit.
2: Oh, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, has that transitioned in, in, into any type of uh, investment in this area? A lot of people have. We've just ran it. The reason why I ask, a lot of people have you know, either bought a cabin or started right. some sort of investment here right. locally.
2: Yeah, in terms of, like I said, I've, I've walked away from state government four years ago in terms of what's happened recently. Um, I will tell you I've got some real concerns with what I'm hearing about some sweetheart deals, potentially. I won't use the word potentially. Some people are reading about um, um, if it turns out to be legitimate, that maybe there was some... Uh, non-competitive bidding within a state park scenario oh, so your audience oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, good governance matters so we being too above have reproach concerns. yes being above reproach matters and you uni- competitive bid is absolutely the only way those those type of activities need to be uh, moving forward so i hope state lawmakers are uh, doing what they can to expose any level of, uh, patronage or repaying my friends. Um, we don't need that in Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And you know, like I'm big on wasteful spending and stuff. I mean, it literally makes me sick. Um, because we, you know, taxes takes a large part away from all of us, in terms of our salary, and, and you know, I, I also own a business and understand how all that works.
2: Shallow the government <clears throat> doesn't ever give you anything, it doesn't take somebody else. <laughs> I'm does <it>? telling you, <laughs> and so to,
0: to know that, like, our state park is probably the only one, and you know, I'm sure I could be fact checked, but it's probably the only one it's in the profitable. state that's profitable. I can tell you that for a fact self sustaining. And and then so to to hear that a restaurant like that comes in and is built on my tax money yes and yeah. then can't turn a profit right mm.
1: where we know that a profit could be turned when I know, yeah.
0: when I know you know you, you take two people up there to eat and it's 50 dollars and and then you hear That's of why it wasn't turning a profit yeah. well, it's because salaries were guaranteed operations money was guaranteed right. well when it's guaranteed you don't you don't make That's business not decisions yeah to not you don't compete. Yeah, there's no, com- yeah, like you don't have to compete, like you don't have to compete with the next restaurant, not just in your pricing on your food, but your employees. Right. If you can yeah. offer them top dollar because it's okay to lose. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, so, y'all, that's on. the
2: problem with government, okay? The, the problem with government is it's rewarding your friends. Yeah. It, it, so often in government it's just rewarding your friends right. Republicans play the game Democrats play the game uh, I hope that game wasn't played in what we're talking about here we'll, I mean, state lawmakers I believe yeah. are going and trying to uncover what happened we'll I'm, I'm hoping that for better things in Oklahoma right, right. Um, that was a history of years ago in Oklahoma politics so we don't need that again um, but, but you know on the federal level it's, it's uh, why, why should I hustle I'll just go hire myself a lobbyist and I'll make sure my industry gets a better deal right. crony capitalism yeah um and so we're a nation um any of y'all ever read the where the red fern grows you ever read where the, the red the fern movie. grows i've never read it no okay when most years ago i get i think it was probably a lot of fourth and fifth graders read it right you know, it's intrinsic to oklahoma Tahlequah. there's a story it talks about uh, them uh, catching um, uh, raccoons by taking a long-nosed bottle Putting a shiny object in the bottle, staking that, that uh, bottle down, and the raccoon instinctively, with trying to fish for shad or whatever, would reach in the bottle, grab the shiny object, make a fist, not be able to pull their, their fist out of it, and they're hung. And they, all they gotta do is let go. But they won't that right do. there is analogous to where we find, whether it's crony capitalism or on the bottom area of welfare. We are a nation that is becoming ensnared because we are grabbing the shiny objects. We don't realize we're giving up liberty in trade-off for government security. right? And, and so the industries that learn it well, hire a lobbyist, go to D.C., get your tax credit, your <clears throat> deduction, your exemption. And then Democrats are doing direct government programming. We, we are a nation that's, that's learned to, 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 sadly, we keep electing people who give us free candy. Mm-hmm. And we right. applaud them for it, and we don't understand what we're doing to the next generation. Our $30 trillion, you know, free candy, I, I tell my my kids a democracy in my household would be to let my kids have the budget and say go buy what you want. Well, they would buy everything with sugar, and which would lead to increased stroke and, and heart defect and, and uh, dental bills, dental yeah. bills, rotten <laughs> yeah. teeth. Right, right. But we're a republic. We're not supposed to be a, a, a we're not a direct democracy. We're a representative democracy. We're a republic, and that is mom and dad go and buy healthy stuff like vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's time for us as a nation to get healthy again and have p- men and women who are in office who aren't just giving away free candy that say it's time to adult and, and start doing what's right to make our nation healthy again. That $30 trillion national debt, that's $90,000 that every man, woman, and child, child owe right now to pay it off. And the only way they're going to pay it off through is through a lower standard of living. And, and what our founders, they, they, there was a statement made years ago by two historians and they said remember democracies can't exist forever they can only exist until people discover they can vote themselves money out of the public treasury and that all democracies fell for loose fiscal policy and they all progressed through the following sequence from 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 uh, bondage to spiritual faith from spiritual faith to liberty from liberty to abundance abundance dot 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 to apathy apathy to dependency dependency back into bondage we keep grabbing the shiny things, we want the free candy, and we are destroying this great experiment of self-governance because we keep electing the same old, tell me what I want to hear, go up there, keep turning on the spending valve, and no one's serious-minded enough to go up there and say, we have got to save our republic or we will go the way of history.
0: Can I, can I ask how old you are? I'm,
2: I'll be 43 in
0: a 43. Week or two. So in terms of um, a legislator, you're a pretty young guy.
2: Uh, I mean. um, I'd like to think, think yeah. so I've got a newborn who's inspiring me oh, had wow. Somebody looked at me, hadn't seen me 15-20 years ago And my wife walked in with my newborn At an event And uh, of course I got this newborn And she walked over to me and congratulated me For my new grandchild <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I I a About a deflation <laughs> of the ego <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, I like You know, in terms of being a representative Democracy, I, I think that uh, You know I, I enjoy seeing people like Yourself, you know young business people. Uh, because when I, as a, you know, 28 year old look at the lawmakers in the state and not so much because when we went to the Capitol the other day and, and I liked what I've seen as right. far as the diversity in our state government. But when we look at the federal government, I look up there and I'm like, man, those people, that's not me. That's not a representation of me. Right. So, uh, I enjoy my grandfather, maybe yes, but not me. And, and there's, you know, just generationally you know there's a lot of differences so so you know having the opportunity to see someone from this area that might align a little more with with me I mean that, that's hopeful right yeah, yeah. absolutely you know, a lot a lot of people get in there and stay for a long time and, and you know even even our current president you know has been been there for a long time and a lot of things don't change in that long time whereas as a nation we've changed a lot so oh, yeah we
2: didn't but, get to a one trillion dollar debt Shiloh until 1980 Right. Yeah, you know, we. This is a this is a relatively new occurrence of giving away free candy in our nation, and it's happening such an escalated pace that we think that it's just norm. Mm-hmm. Our, our our founders never dreamed we would do this this type of activity, and never dreamed we'd go this direction. Right. And and uh, so if we didn't get to we didn't get to one trillion dollar national debt until 1980, I can go by my children. I've got an 11 year old. That just 12 years ago, when he was born in 2010, we were half the national debt that we have today. Mm-hmm. 12 years ago, we wow. were $15 trillion, and his share of the national debt back then was 45000 My newborn, she opened her eyes, took in her first breath of air. She owes $90,000 to pay off her share of, the, yeah. of, the, of oh, yeah. the federal debt. Can I give you a better number than that? So let's go some deeper numbers. Medicare, because of just where we're going in this, and, and just, we are we we we're in an economic nosedive with inflation every household sees it they know that the, that the bloomberg number that the report came out and said we're going to f- spend five thousand dollars more this year to buy the same things we bought last year and get no increase in buying power it's just there went your vacation right yeah mm-hmm. there went your vacation 400 something dollars more a month that's what inflation is most people don't realize we didn't have inflation as a nation until we get to the 1900s cre- creation of the federal reserve we moved to fiat money off the gold standard. And all of a sudden, since 1900, we have lost 95% of the dollar value. $100 today was $5 in 1900. Mm. And so people say, well, inflation. But people don't realize it's just a symptom. The, the root cause of inflation is runaway government spending. Abolish the Fed. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> hey, there's nothing in the Constitution. I can, if you're interested, we can recite the 18 enumerated powers of Article 1, Section 8 that tells this is what Congress can do. I can do it by memory because that's the job description of Congress. Every congressman who's running for—anybody running for Congress needs to know that job description. Totally. Because they're going to make the mistake that everybody other, that else does and go up there and go, I'll do the right thing. If you don't know the 18 enumerated powers of what Congress is supposed to do, and then the 10th Amendment says all powers are not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. It's the reason I'm, I'm going to rabbit trail, but you, you you're, you're prodding me on here. Sir. I, I know you know <laughs> like some it. things. I like it. In 1900, we'll use that same time frame. There's a guy who wrote a book by the, called "Restoring the Dream." His name was Stephen Cato. Stephen Moore, sorry, he was with Cato. Stephen Moore, in writing this book, does an analysis of local, state, and federal government spending in 1900. In 1900, of all tax collection and tax spend, 60% of it was on the local level, and only 20% was on the federal government level in 1900. Wow. By the time we get to 1990s, the numbers had flipped. We're at 67% of all ta- tax collection and tax spend is on the federal level, only 20% on the local level. What's happened? We stopped being intentional. We stopped electing people to Washington, D.C. who understood 18 enumerated powers. There are 18 things that Congress can do and everything else, all the details, all the minutia, all the things the Fed's doing today because we don't read the Constitution, we're not educated, people go up there with good intention and they don't abide by the rule of law. The rule of law says nobody's above the Constitution. And we've become habitual, not intentional, in, in leading this nation. It's why we are upside down economically. We have removed the boundaries lines proverbs 22 28 says do not remove the ancient boundary which was set there by your fathers and because we keep moving the boundary lines of what the fed's supposed to do and what the state's supposed to do father of the constitution james madison said this the powers of the federal government are to be few and defined and the powers to the states are numerous and indefinite and because we're upside down and we're letting the fed do everything the states are supposed to be doing by our founding father's original intent it's why we're where we're at what if Someone's, someone's
1: jaded and there's a lot of folks jaded about the government these days and they hear what you say and then they like it but they're like yeah but we all know pork barrel spending we ha- you have to participate or you won't
2: get things for our area yeah so I, mean, I worked for Tom Coburn Carolyn Coburn Tom Coburn's wife of 50 plus years is endorsing me in this race to the US Congress JoshBurkeen.com. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. but there's a reason why Tom Coburn changed that culture Tom Coburn was a one-man uh, force. He he educated the nation about the gateway drug of earmarking, and how it's how you take good in, good p- good people of good intention to D.C. and Let me tell you, from day one, this is what happens in D.C. If you don't know the game, you're you're going to be just like everybody else, all too often. That goes up there thinking I'm an outsider. and I'm going to change it, and all before long, you, you you'll be assimilated. Finger, you become assimilated, yep. and you become an insider. Why? Because here's the choice. Do you really believe the most effective legislator is the one who brings home the most, or is the most effective legislator the one who keeps the most in your pocket, never going up there to be wasted and dispersed among the bureaucracy? The richest place in our nation is the suburb of Washington, D.C. It's why federal employees on the average make $130,000 with vested benefits, and the average state employee, about half that, and the average free market person, average Oklahoma makes 40000 And so what I would say to you is the earmarks, they've returned. Tom Coburn, with his influence, helped get rid of earmarks for about a 10 year window, a little less than 10 year window. They just brought them back in the omnibus last year. And so not only is Carolyn helping us, but I've got a team of former Coburn staffers that we're, we're, we're incensed because we understand the trade. So here's what happens. First day of Congress is what they're gonna to come to you and say, you go vote before leadership on your first day of Congress, they're gonna to come to you and say, why did not you vote before leadership? Why didn't you wait to see what leadership was doing? Is it we the people or Republicans? We the leadership. Are we the leadership. <laughs> yeah, right. Hmm. That's the game that's played. Republicans play it. Democrats play it. And so the question is, are you going to some, send somebody up there? Because we, if we're in such trouble, and I've cited some facts, are you going to send somebody up that's going to be a placeholder? Are you going to send somebody up that gives real leverage? So where's the real leverage for our nation? The real leverage for our nation is somebody who understands, I go up there for the nation to get our nation healthy. And because if the nation's healthy, Oklahoma's healthy. But if I play the game and I say, I'm in on earmarks, and then leadership comes to me and says, hey, vote for the spending increase. Let's add another trillion to the national debt. But because I, I took the earmark, what do you think they're going to say to me? I'll tell you. This is the game that's played. We're not giving your earmark, and you're not going to get applauded by your district. And if you don't, if you don't play the game, you're not going to get the earmark. So what do you think the guy who's led by, by self-interest and not national interest does? He takes the earmark, comes back home, he, he welcomes the applause, and we have to adult as a constituency and know when they come home and they're doing that game, they're a part of the system, and we are compounding the system because we've got to get educated and know that the game is played on that level. We don't need another placeholder in Washington, D.C. We've had enough of that. It's time to go up there and shut off the spending valve so our kids and our grandkids have a future.
1: I, I mean, I, I'm in a total agreement with the whole, I mean, we didn't know, we, as, as 90s kids, we didn't know what a trillion dollars, I don't think people really know what a trillion dollars is today. I Jay, can I help you quickly? They just throw that number out there, oh yeah, a couple trillion
2: for the budget, you know, I mean, it seems. A million dollars, if I did a second at a time, counted out a million dollars, it would take me 11 days to do that, one second at a time, a dollar at a time. If I did a billion dollars, it would take me 31 years. Yeah. A dollar, a second at a time, one dollar.
1: So you couldn't get through a trillion. When I get, well, no, you can.
2: <laughs> Ten to the twelfth power, thirty-one thousand years to count out a trillion dollars a second at a time, one dollar at a time.
1: So a couple people is going to have to take over for you. Yeah.
0: We need a team of
2: counters. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: That. Yeah, that's insane. Wow. Uh, so what are some things you know, assuming everything goes great? You know
2: what? What can you do? What can we when look for that you want you so hit, you hit the leadership? So here's the thing: you send somebody to DC. You, we have an expectation they don't play the game. So the first thing is, are you gonna when you get up there? Who are you gonna associate with yourself with? You're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Right. So oh, I agree with that. So my association, if it's if prayerfully led to do this, prayerfully instructed, if I get up there, I'll get in the Freedom Caucus. And I'll block up with the 40 votes in the House. That I, hope with this, I hope this wave that's coming increases that double. And I hope that there's enough votes because leadership doesn't care about you. If you're naive and you go up there, leadership cares about They care about your vote. Right. Mm-hmm. For a couple of years, they're going to you know, stroke your ego if you've got something in you that's insecure that needs your ego stroked. And they're going to tell you the greatest thing since pivot irrigation. And they're going to become your friend. But what you don't know is they're manipulating you so that they can use you to get their chairmanship right. so that you can vote for them when they run for leadership. You've got to know the game. And so if you've got enough within you, a personal boundary, we talked about boundaries, don't move the ancient boundary, okay? Personal boundary, am I ambitious? Because if you're ambitious, you're a train wreck up there. I have got to be some, a, ambitious in free market is a great thing. Ambition in politics makes me politically calculate and do what's, I, what's best for me, not what's best for we the people. Gotcha. So you block up with, with, with the Freedom Caucus, that's what I'm gonna do. And then you, you find like-minded people who really understand we can't continue this path, who are really serious, who aren't risk-adverse. That's, that's the problem. Most people in politics are risk-adverse. Martin Luther King Jr. said this way. He said, he said uh, uh, cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And if I've if got blinders on knowing my kids and my grandkids, that their future in this, in this nation of liberty is in, in jeopardy, then I, and I'm not risk-averse, and I am not risk adverse, and i do not mind taking a chance of lose, losing my next election cycle, then you can become a powerful force in Washington, D.C. of calling balls and strikes, not just going back and going, oh, it's the Democrats' fault. Oh, it's the Republicans. Right. That's the game. The I can't volleyball. stand that. I
1: can't stand volleyball. that.
2: Volleyball. It's the Democrats' fault. It's, a, it's time for people. It's what, if, you, if you don't know the history of Tom Coburn, go look him up. It's what I was mentored on. It's what many people that are working with me were mentored on. You speak the truth. Even when your own team is doing it, that's the only way we turn this nation around.
1: No matter what side of the aisle, as yeah. they say, everybody needs to be doing that.
2: Does that make, I mean. That's real leverage. You want real leverage for the district? Step outside and start calling balls and strikes. And we turn this skewed game of, of super legislators, of leadership telling people how to vote. Turn it around. It's supposed to be a republic, a representative democracy, not the mob ruling things. Benjamin right. Franklin called the mob. He called it, He this is what Benjamin Franklin said. He said democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what they're going to have for lunch. <laughs> 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 but he finishes the statement, he says, but Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. It's time for we, the people, to have a true voice in Washington, D.C., not to be led read, read around by a mob.
1: What was your uh, contact information again, uh, all, all the things, social media, website?
2: Uh, Josh Burkine for Congress. Again, it's 28 counties. If you draw a line from Tulsa straight down to Tishomingo and everything east of that line more or less is this is this congressional district. It's the seat that Mark Wayne Mullen is leaving. Um, and uh, my my website is... It, yeah he's yeah my website uh josh burkeen josh com. j-o-s-h b is in boy r is in ralph e is an echo c is in cat h is in horse E is an echo E is an echo n is in nice <laughs> or josh burkeen.com where josh burkeen uh, for congress on facebook uh, or families for josh burkeen also on facebook and you guys can take this conversation still yet where you want it to go but co- politics is always downstream of culture so we've talked about, in one element, that if you're gonna change things in Washington, D.C., you have to have a different type of, of ideology and a different type of leadership, not risk adverse, nation's interest ahead of my own self-interest. All right. So we gotta look for a different type of people. But on the bottom level, politics is downstream of culture. If we're gonna change you know, the, the, the gun violence, if we're gonna change the, it's a heart condition. If we're gonna change not knowing what's a man, what, what, knowing what, what a woman is, that's these are heart issues and so I'll, I'll give you from george washington's viewpoint george washington said this of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity religion and morality are indispensable supports in vain would the man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness then he goes on to say both reason and experience forbid us to expect that national morality will prevail in exclusion of religious principles. You know what Washington was saying? He's saying you can't even be a patriot if you don't believe that religion and morality undergird this nation. And he goes a step further and says both reason and experience forbid us to expect that absent religion will have morality in this nation. That was, that was in his 1796 farewell address. It's prophetic for our nation. And we look at all the destruction that we're seeing. We, we don't have biblical virtue leading us in our homes and our families. It's why our prisons are loaded. It's why we have trouble with people, with employers not being able to find employees that aren't struggling on drugs. People, we've got a heart condition in this nation. Right. We've got to go back to the things that made us great. So let me give you one more of this. So it's not just, it's not just George Washington saying this. It was also John Adams. So you ready for a John Adams' quote? Second president of the United States. So there's kind of some agreement here. John Adams said, he said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by religion and morality. Then he goes on to say, avarice, which means extreme greed. I had to look it up, Shiloh. Extreme <laughs> greed. <laughs> extreme greed, avarice. Extreme greed, ambition, and revenge will break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Then he ends with this famous statement. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You know what they were saying? <laughs> They were saying the same thing. We have to have from the bottom up moral people. You, if you, Unless you self-govern, you can't keep limited government. Right. Limited government works ta- in tandem with self-governance. I govern my own morality, and then the government doesn't have to tell me what to do, even at the lunch counter, tell me what I can eat. Remember those years? <laughs> Samuel Adams said it this. He said, neither the, the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws can secure the liberty and happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt. So it's twofold. Yeah. Send people to DC who know the constitution, who have those personal borders, but we have to, as, a, as families, as, as, as individuals, we have to go back to some, some truth to ourselves, is I want somebody um, in my community that I can trust, that when they tell me something, they're not gonna go behind the, my back and dupli- du- let duplicity kick off and tell, say something else. I can not tell you in the time that I served at the state capitol years ago, I just wanted to know somebody when they told me something. In one conversation, I could trust them to say the same thing behind closed doors. Psalms 15, he swears to his own hurt and he won't relent. It's why I kept my term limits pledge years ago. Personal boundaries. We're going to correct this nation by personal boundaries, family units, and sending people to D.C. who are willing to put the, the national interest ahead of their own self-interest. Nice. How do you remember all of those? I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, how do I remember all of it? Um, memory is a, Memorization is a... I actually, uh, you know, as a believer, as a Christian, I, I do uh, scripture memory. I actually take a rubber band and I actually write letters um, on, on a rubber band on my wrist. And it's a thing I learned from Canna Cup. Canna Cup, Camps, Joe White's ministry out of Branson, Missouri. I was a uh, best title I ever had. I was Doc Daddy. I actually, <laughs> instead of bailing hay or training training breaking colts in the summer or hauling hay, I spent a couple years when I was a, a, a student uh, being a, a counselor at Canna Cup Camps in Missouri, largest camp, and, and that was kind of a culture out there. Um, it's a habit I picked up years later. But you take a rubber band for scripture memory, you'd write a, you'd write things on a rubber band and you look at it throughout the day and memorize it. Hmm. And it's a great way to do scripture, scripture memory, getting God's word in your heart. it's a great way to memorize founding father quotes. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. It's been a pleasure. Thank y'all.
1: And I mean, like you said, the things that you've said again, if you could apply that across the board, across the aisle, if people would just go up there with those thoughts in mind without saying oh well i guess i have to give into the pork barrel spending to get what i want for my people or you know what i mean yeah. if they if you could get away from that i think overall it would be better we'd restore definitely.
2: the nation definitely. We, definitely we
0: could restore the nation
1: absolutely shiloh <clears throat> anything
0: yeah i think uh, just being honest with your intentions is is the best thing you can do i mean we're we're dealing locally with what i feel like is uh you know people just not being honest with their intentions with our incorporation battle with the board of county commissioners you know uh from 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 outside looking in things get put on the agenda for discussion and then tabled for the next meeting because they don't want to discuss publicly right um you know the issues that we're having and and again elected officials you know w- when when i go to to vote and full disclosure i'd never been registered to vote until in my 20s you know it's right. kind of a, a recent thing that that i felt really called to uh, vote in in my local elections you know whether it be city county state i I don't want to say that I don't care about the, who's president, but I know that my everyday life re- revolves here in, in this area. So, you know, when we talk about uh, city council, county commissioners, y- you want them—you want them to be honest with their intentions, because I want to know who you are, because I, I'm either going to vote for you or not, and you might not make the cut next time. And so, it's—it's it's commendable to for someone to be honest with their intentions and and just. Say it, you know, and and like you said, whether you win your next election or not, you're you're going to be honest with your intentions and, and do what you set out to do. Right. Um, so, I mean, that that's really awesome. And I think well, it's really important for our listeners to understand that, you know, as far as playing the political game, we're we're in the game too because we're the ones, you know, checking the boxes. So, yep. uh, but we have
2: to hold the people accountable. Yeah, we have to hold people accountable. A, a constituency that doesn't understand the things we've talked about um, gives permissibility to. For polit- politicians, in my word, is a disgusting title. I, I, I it has I, become that. It it's it's yeah. disgusting to you're me. You're right. You're right. It's it's why you know I self term limited and walked away. I wanted to be able to know that uh, I, I I wanted to be able to walk away and go in my own heart. I was trying to be a statesman, um, and and so it boils down to motive. Man, so many things in life are about motive. If my motive is selfish, politician all day, plastic. People-pleasing, pandering, just telling people what they want to hear.
1: Without using a buzzword, transparency. Yeah. That's that's what's necessary. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well... Do we cover everything? We did. I'll, I'll
2: just say uh, joshperkeen. dot Josh Berkeen for Congress. Uh, the election is, is June twenty eighth. There's a fourteen way primary. There's fourteen of us. So wow. you know, there's there, very few people are going to really get to hear deep discussion like what your uh, listeners would have heard in this in this context because it's such a massive population such a quick race. Right. But uh, again, I'll lay my plane on. If you like the politics of Tom Coburn, you're going to like me a lot. It's why his wife for fifty years has endorsed us and. And uh, I learned from the best. I mean that, I'm biased. But Coburn was known as a no-nonsense, not go up there and maintain status quo. And we need that and we're gonna lose this great experiment um, and uh, a blessed nation. We, we can't, we can't lose it. We're, we can be a light to the world, as Ronald Reagan said in his, in his rendezvous with destiny. He actually started off by saying, um, our, our nation is, is hungering for a spiritual awakening. And he said, either we will be a, a shining city on a hill will be a byword among the nations. And Reagan ended that in his presidential race uh, uh, you know, announcement type message in saying the world is looking to us. Nice. So, God bless you guys. Thanks so much for letting me be here today. Thank
1: Thanks. you. I'm Jay Wesley Lindley hosting Ho Chi Town with Shiloh Brock Martin. Peace.